0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. This is show 124, released on April 29th, 2015, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill. Thank you, Patrick. My name is Steve Yunus, and I am joined by my co-host, Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Uh,
1: hello, hello. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing well. Yourself?
1: Very well. Um, back into winter over here, even though we're not supposed to be, but uh, <laughs> it's been 30 degrees overnight and less than that sometimes, and uh, in the day, it doesn't get uh, much past the 50s, which is not what I would expect for this time, wow. and it's very... Windy, and we're seeing snow on our windows in the morning. And It
0: yeah, it's... seems that we're kind of uh, in a bit of a convergence, uh, to use <clears throat> any word. Uh, We've got a bit of a cold snap here as well with some really wild and crazy weather. Some, uh, I saw um, there was a hailstorm a couple of days ago uh, that uh, in some parts of the city measured up to halfway, th- uh, uh, the, the ice built up to halfway uh, the height of a car. Which was crazy. Wow. I've never seen that before ever. Oh. Well, you're in the winter, right? <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're in fo- the autumn or fall, as you guys call oh, it. Okay. Uh, so, um, not expecting that kind of weather. Uh, I've never seen hail uh, like that before. So it was a bit crazy. But uh, people don't want to hear us talk about the weather. Uh, that's what no. boring people talk about. So uh, let's right. not be boring. Uh, we don't let's... Want to be boring. No, no, no. And we never are. So, uh, hopefully, <laughs> let's uh, get on to our movie topics, which we always start off with, and it's been one heck of a month as far as being able to uh, write up a list of topics for us to speak about in our monthly podcast. And You mean uh, some movie
1: stuff has happened this yeah, month? Yeah, it
0: I... had been quiet previously, but we do have a lot to get through, so let's start off with uh, probably what happened earlier in uh, the month since our previous podcast, and that was the release of the first official photo of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Uh, It was tweeted by Zack Snyder. Um, It was a a frontal uh, photo of him. Uh, Yes, he is bald.
1: (laughs) Full frontal indeed. And (laughs) we... Uh, I'm sure that this is the subject that people are most interested in that happened uh, having to do with the movie <laughs> this month. But um we'll what done. I thought about it was yeah, I mean what was good is yes, he was bald, but also that it could have been a picture of him at any point. I don't I don't know as far as it being Lex Luthor, as opposed to Jesse Eisenberg, mm-hmm. who looks like that as Lex Luthor, um, was it from the movie? Was it from on set? Was he at his barber? You know, where exactly was he at when this was taken? And is he really in character, or is that just a picture of Jesse Eisenberg, who is now bald because he's playing Lex Luthor?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, what's the difference? Uh, we don't, we, we can't see his costume because he it's from the neck up. You know, you can see a little bit of the collar, but. Beyond that, we don't know uh, whether it's, as you say, a snapshot from, you know, a take or a scene or something. It's it's Jesse Eisenberg, bald, who is playing Lex Luthor, who is bald. So it's, it's both, I guess. I understand what you're saying. We don't know whether it's, you know, a scene from the movie or whether it's him just in front of the mirror, having had his head just cleanly shaven, whether he's in the makeup chair, whether he's on set. We don't know where it's based, but... I guess it answers the question from all those behind-the-scenes, you know, iPhone photos and uh, paparazzi photos of him with a tea towel over his head or his head under a hoodie or whatever it might be, trying to hide what his hairstyle was, and here it is with no hairstyle at all.
1: Well, I wonder if... He he did, you know, we heard some of those rumors that he had red hair sticking out from underneath the handkerchief he was wearing or or whatever. I'm wondering if there's some sort of backstory to Lex Luthor, which God knows where they're going to find all the room to put all the <laughs> stuff that's supposed to be in this movie. But where we see how he loses his hair or how he becomes bald or or something along those lines, because uh, there were some odd photos. Anyway, I guess they could just put a bandana over his head to cover the fact that he was bald but that seems like going an extra step that's unnecessary if he's bald he's bald and you don't need to cover that up at that point so what were they covering him why but uh yeah he looks i thought he looked somber and uh and interesting even though it was just a black and white still shot I did get a sense that he felt more Lex Luthor ish Mm, than what I was worried about him being as a Jesse Eisenberg.
0: Sure. People are saying, oh, he's skinny. He just looks like a skinny, older Michael Rosenbaum. But I guess that's good. That's a compliment because Michael Rosenbaum was a great Lex Luthor. And, uh, you know, obviously, this is an older version of Lex. I mean, he's still young. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg isn't an older actor, like, say, Kevin Spacey, when he played Lex Luthor, was older than Superman. But um, this looks, you know, if it's an older uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, then, you know, he was a younger Lex Luthor. So this is, you know, a a good look, I think. I don't know uh, what he'll be like. We don't know how his performance will uh, relate to other previous Lex Luthor's or whether he'll make it his own. But as far as the photo still is concerned, I, I like the look. He looks... Different with his head shaved compared to his curly locks that we're uh, familiar with, as far as Jesse Eisenberg in other roles is concerned. So, um, a thumbs up for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it looked pretty good. I think that some of the he's skinny complaints are, are coming from the fact that, like myself, I think many fans were hoping for the more intimidating Lex Luthor sure. that maybe is most famous from the animated shows and but also in the comics i mean this is a guy who at some points depending on the continuity has put on an armored suit for himself and gone around and actually fought battles and was muscular and fit and in good shape uh, jesse could certainly be in good shape but he is skinny and he is a small guy and he mm. is kind of not particularly intimidating you wouldn't necessarily cross to the other side of the street if jesse eisenberg was walking down (laughs) uh, toward you but uh that's you know you can be intimidating without being large in stature i think there were times when uh michael rosenbaum was intimidating on the show and kind of scary at other times Mm. depending on what happened so i don't think you necessarily have to have the size and you, you know traditionally lex luthor wasn't really known for being a big strong no. muscle guy his his way of battling superman is not because he's strong
0: it's his intellect and i think that's a it's an interesting uh counterpoint to superman is that you've got this small skinny you know uh lex luthor who is who uses his brains to fight what he sees oh. as superman's brawn um so that could d- definitely be a great counterpoint to have a lex luthor that is of That stature. Uh, But let's move on to the big news that happened this month. And that was the news that we would be getting the first, uh, a teaser trailer for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Um, There was, you know, we had heard originally that it would be released with the Mad Max Fury Road film, which is a Warner Brothers release. Then um, I kind of stumbled upon the scoop without knowing that it was a scoop. And announced it on the radio kal live uh, show uh, early in April that uh, we had received word that there was possibly something happening on april um, 20 20th, 20th, what was it what was the date 20th. yeah April twentieth um, that it was you know likely to see some kind of a release in iMAx. I had a word from a, a manager at a a movie theatre, that uh, you know this was possibly something that was happening, and we thought, look, there's no movie being released on that day, so what would it be attached to? So I kind of dismissed it, but I did mention it on our live uh, weekly radio show. And uh, then, lo and behold, we find out that it will be released in a big IMAX uh, screening event that is happening uh, at uh, various IMAX theatres around the U.S., uh, sadly not in other countries, and sadly not in all IMAX theatres around the US. So people like yourself had to travel a number of hours for that particular event. But before that even happened, the trailer leaked online via a well, a Portuguese uh, version of it, uh, still in English, but with Portuguese subtitles uh, from uh, some country somewhere um, where uh, somebody had sat in a theatre, uh, sat in the cinema, watching the teaser trailer in a loop uh, and using their phone or digital camera uh, recorded a shaky version uh, of that teaser trailer, released it online. It went viral, as these things do. Warner Brothers tried to remove it, but once something's online, it's pretty much unstoppable. And we all got our very first taste of the teaser trailer in that shaky, pirated, leaked version of the trailer that, Uh, as i said was leaked online your thoughts that
1: was that was a very long explanation of the things (laughs) that happened leading up to the imax event of showing the trailer but that's okay i was very interested in everything that you were saying so (laughs) i didn't have anything to say which to most of our listeners is a good thing (laughs) um but uh i i did not i refrained from watching the uh leaked trailer and i was not planning on ever watching it and i didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know for sure that I was for certain that I was going to go to this event uh, on Monday and actually see it. I just figured that there would be an official release if they were showing the trailer in IMAX on Monday, that, that that probably by Tuesday we would all mm. see our own. And, and when it was announced that or when it was rumored that Mad Max was going to be the next film, I really just took everything with a grain of salt salt because we kept hearing different films were going to have the trailer and this film and that film, and it's going to come out this time and that time, and it never did, and nothing ever came to fruition, and I still hadn't heard anything official as far as had it been cut, was it ready, is it going to be coming out anytime? Obviously, we're within a year now, so it should be coming soon, But Mad Max just didn't seem the right fit for it, although Mm. it may play with it now. I don't I don't necessarily expect Mad Max to be gangbusters at the box office, but I was interested to see if it was going to be there. And since I have no interest in seeing that film, I was just going to watch the trailer when it was released online officially and not when it was leaked uh, from some Portuguese site with Portuguese subtitles in a grainy, shaky cell phone footage. I'm not sure how something like that happens. I don't know why there was a Portuguese theater showing this on a loop. I don't know why Portugal got the trailer to be shown to them sooner than other people or why there was a person that would be able to leak that from a Portuguese theater. But uh, aside from that, I don't know how this kind of thing happens anywhere. Uh, Movies like... uh, entire films getting leaked and and trailers getting leaked and plot points getting leaked and people that sign all these types of affidavits that they're not allowed to say anything and yet somehow uh security and executives and everybody else are somehow unable to stop people from recording terribly shot footage of their films i I don't exactly understand how it continues to happen but
0: it does (laughs) There you have it. <laughs> now uh I did watch the leaked uh version of the trailer and it didn't do the trailer justice because uh then Zack Snyder in reaction to that leakage um, posted the official trailer on his Twitter account which then Warner Brothers uh, uh released and became part of the website for the official website for the movie uh it and his hashtags were not leaked not blurry uh obviously in uh, response to the fact that it had leaked i'm guessing that he hadn't intended on releasing that that early as you say we um you know the word word was that it would be released uh in conjunction with that IMAX event or the next day after the IMAX event uh so plans had to change uh because it had gone viral online in a leaked, uh, shaky version, which was not, as I said, doing the trailer justice. So the official trailer was released in uh, all its glory, and uh, Michael Bailey and I did a pretty a thorough uh, examination, and I did a, an onlo- on the website an examination of the trailer in detail, scene to scene, um, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I have my reservations about it as you're doing your own um, uh, examination of the trailer in your Great Scott segments on the Speeding Bulletin videos. I
1: am. uh, Now, because I only have two viewers, I would like to um, mention on here what I was thinking to a certain degree. You know, when you first start to watch the trailer and you hear these voices and you're wondering who they are, you know, I, I started reading about it after and it seemed that Many people had more idea as to who those voices were than than I did. And I, I just thought they were voices. I thought they were random voices. But apparently uh, uh, Lex is in there. I mean, once I heard that, I re-listened again. And it's clearly Jesse Eisenberg and his kind of squeaky, um, strangely inflected voice that he has. So we know one thing. His voice is still the same, even if he's missing his hair and uh, he looks a little more serious. He still has that kind of. Uh, has to kind of voice uh, it uh, you can kind of hear that when he says you know the demons from the sky instead of from below us and that sort of thing but you have neil degrasse tyson there which is great and he's come out uh, since then and said some things about the movie and he doesn't really seem to have a handle on um, these comic book characters necessarily because he, he he in his in his statement he seemed to indicate that Superman does whatever he wants and is above the law and that sort of thing. And Batman has to live within the law. And that's kind of completely opposite from what the characters normally do. And Superman doesn't just do whatever he wants. He's very much a believer in uh, following some sort of societal guidelines. Uh, And Batman isn't necessarily, even though they're both for justice, which is generally why these two characters initially have some sort of face off against each other even if it's not always physical which is obviously what we're getting here um, in this film and and like you i have reservations about it because as we've said for a year now um it just doesn't make any sense that these two characters could even be on equal ground together although a lot of what you see in the trailer does seem to be inspired by the dark knight returns Mm -hmm. which was that famous frank miller comic book that made batman relevant again and that Most modern fans of Batman seem to think defines that character and the character of Superman, which is just unfortunate because while Batman comes off as very, very cool in that Superman comes off as very, very not cool. Hmm. And I hear from fans a lot of times that, well, I mean... Superman's an, an idiot. I mean, Superman's an ass. Who, who like who likes Superman? You know, and that's, I think, because of the idea that people got from this Frank Miller book, which clearly wasn't a book told out of love for really either one of the characters. It just so happens that Batman uh, gets to be the quote-unquote dark hero in that book, whereas Superman is just kind of uh, a like plot him. point that, that, that's being used. So it seems to me that a lot of people are getting that idea from the trailer that superman is just really a plot point and that this is a batman movie i mean i really hope that's not the case um and and from my point of view superman was the hero in in the trailer and batman was the guy that was doing all the negative things you know superman may be held up negatively by people who are either uh, worshiping him or hating him but he's kind of just there. He's not really the proponent of that. He's saying, you, know, you can see in some of the scenes, it doesn't look like he's very comfortable with any of the things that are going on involving people worshiping or hating him. While, on the other hand, Batman is very proactive in clearly being violent, uh, you know, shooting at people with machine guns, holding a, a rifle up on top of a building and talking about making somebody bleed and just being very to me everything comes across as very dark and negative As bad for batman
0: antagonistic
1: yes while superman looks more kind of beset upon but not dark and so i'm not sure what people are watching when they say uh well we can see that superman's the villain of this piece I, i think that some people are trying to make him be the villain, which I think is also very realistic, that some people would fear him and some people would wonder who he was, and some people would just hate you for being different, which happens in real life every day. Uh, But it doesn't look to me that the truth is that he's the villain. It looks like some people, possibly like Lex Luthor, which would be perfect, are kind of trying to make him seem like he is. And Batman somehow has been convinced by something that uh, he needs to be confronted
0: yeah, I didn't get the fact that, uh, you know, Superman was a villain at all in this. Um, it, it, it was, you know, people were saying, oh, everyone hates Superman. Well, how do you get that? I mean, they built a statue for him. Um, you know, he was a savior. You know, they you don't do those kinds of things. There are people who obviously, you know, worship him, as you're saying, or, you know, want to touch him. And, you know, uh, um, and there are obviously some negatives there. And there are negative positives, if you like, with these soldiers with... Superman patches on their arms, uh, kneeling or genuflecting to him, which is, you know, they're obviously in awe of him or, you know, um, defer to him, but that's not necessarily a good thing the way they're set up. Um, But, you know, he's – there are – and there would be in a normal realistic world – uh, where somebody like him existed, there would be pros and cons. People would say, "Yes, he saved us. You know what a fantastic guy, you know how great is he and then there'll be other people saying well it 's because he's here that these Kryptonians came in the first place, and while he did save us, uh, how do we know that he's not going to then turn on us? You know we don 't know anything about him, we don 't know you know what his motivations are. you know I think Holly Hunter 's voice in the trailer says something like you know everyone's been so caught up in what he can do. Uh, no one 's been talking about what he should do." Uh, so there's a lot of obviously controversy and even the statement at the beginning of the trailer says you know is it any wonder that the most powerful being on the planet is a is a figure of controversy there's going to be a lot of controversy and there would be and there is about any uh public figure people are pro and people are a con
1: I, I I totally agree and I obviously can't guarantee that that's what this that that's what's going on in the film but it seems to me that Zack Snyder is, and the writers, are purposely addressing some of the things that people had a problem with in the Man of Steel movie, or some of the things that people are saying when they say Superman destroyed the city of Metropolis, Superman is responsible for everyone dying, Superman needs to be this, needs to be that, by right in the very beginning, as you say, when they say, is it any wonder that this kind of a figure would be the, uh, would, would cause talk of, con- you know, would be controversial and controversial. not only in the world of the film but in the real world Man of steel and the character of superman have been controversial at times as to who he is what he can do why is he so powerful should he be so powerful he's too powerful no one likes him you can't write for him you know he's the hardest character to write for it's so you know nobody can beat him nobody can this nobody can that and We're not only addressing Man of Steel issues and and issues that fans had with Man of Steel with those lines at the beginning, but we're seeing that it's quite okay to feel like you might be on one side or the other, not necessarily that you should hate or that you should worship, but that people will and that that happens in life and that happens in comics, you know, that happens with characters and that happens with real figures. So if these characters were real and this sort of thing actually did happen, why would anybody assume that everyone would be universally you know i'm hearing the other side of it as well and that is that they don't like you know fans of the real superman don't like it because my superman has everyone behind him and my superman doesn't have people defacing a statue about him and i don't want to watch a superman where people are telling him to go home understandably that can be hurtful if you really love a character and you don't want to see that but that would that also doesn't necessarily mean that it that he can't be the superman that we would want to see it just means that some people in the world in the real world not everybody accepts everything and not everybody is going to be okay with everything
0: 100 percent, and i think that's realistic i mean yeah well it was nice that say in the christopher reeve movies everybody all of a sudden was yeah great superman except for the villains uh, everybody was cheering for him um uh, that's not realistic. That's, you know, that's great. It's, it's not, maybe it's not supposed to be realistic. Some people would say, you know, this is a, a film about fantasy. Why do we have to have so much realism or grittiness or whatever the catchphrase of, this, of the month is? Um, in this particular telling of these superheroes, this DC universe, um, there are realities as far as, you know, people are not going to be all of a sudden loved by everybody, just like in the real world there are people who like things and people who don't like things and there are people who are skeptical while there are people who are just straight believers um you just have to that's just the way things are the way the world works and um that's the way this you know universe is is being set up and i think that's a, a different take and i'm i'm all for that i mean i don't see why we just rehash the same things that we've always seen before uh you know let's try something new and um i think some of henry cavill's comments in interviews that he's uh, been involved in this uh, past uh, couple of weeks, as far as um, CinemaCon uh, was is concerned, where he was interviewed uh, on the red carpet there and asked a number of questions. You know, people ask him who would win. You know, wouldn't Superman just beat Batman in a second if he wanted to? And and his answer, I thought, was fantastic. when he said, "But Superman, if he's if he is Superman and he is Superman, wouldn't? Because that's not what he's about. He's not about just crushing people." You know, that's not the character. And I think that shows that Henry Cavill understands the character. Maybe Superman's a little bit naive compared to Batman, who is just willing to go in and, and you know, be, be prepared to, to you know, squash the bug or whatever it might be. But, you know, Superman's not violence first. He's, you know, can't we talk this out? Or, you know, um, violence is as a last resort. And so, no, he wouldn't beat Batman in a second, even though he could, uh, because that's just not what the character is about.
1: Well, there's a big reason for that. You know, Batman knows that he must because his life is on the line and other people's lives are immediately on the line if he doesn't act quickly. Mm. He's a human being. Superman needs to be careful with what he can do. He can't just rush in and and throw punches, although we saw a lot of that in Man of Steel, and that's a lot of what people complain about. Uh, For instance, when he grabs Zod and flies off with him, uh, for threatening his mother, he leaves the other Kryptonian standing right there at the farm with Martha there. So while he was gone, they could have easily torn Martha limb for limb, limb from limb. And yeah. uh, he kind of would have kind of ruined his whole purpose in coming back there. But I think he was acting in emotion in that moment, but generally, and he also knew that Zod was uh, uh, an equal match for him. So he could pound on him, but, but, but normally he does need to kind of, you know, to borrow from another, comic book with great power comes great responsibility he has to be responsible with his powers Mm. otherwise terrible terrible things can happen and and you know people have speculated maybe they're going the injustice route maybe we're gonna see an evil superman maybe he does have people kneeling to him and worshiping him and maybe that's why batman needs to step in and stop him a uh, if there was a superpower being that was going to have us all worshiping him I would hope we had some answer other than Batman to, to try and stop him. But B, uh, I don't think that that's what they're going for. And obviously I really hope that that's not what they're going to do. But along the lines of what you were saying, why not do something new? Why do we have to see the same thing? Why does Superman have to be the hero? So that concerns me, but I don't think that's what they're
0: going no, for. No, and that's not what they set up with Man of Steel. You know, he, he had that doubt of, you know, he went to that priest and said, you know, they're the I'm the guy they're looking for. You know I don't know if, what what I should do. You know, and, and you have to take that leap of faith. Um, and so he obviously is a, a, a conscientious character. He's um, you know he's all about saving people and not fighting people. So um, you know that's that's not the Superman they've set up in Man of Steel, and this is a direct follow up from that film and this is the same actor and i don't think having heard henry cavill speak about the character and how much he loves the character that he would uh necessarily portray the character that way himself
1: well i would hope not i mean my thoughts on that sometimes are that would be something that if it were me especially with superman I would feel personal about it. And I would say, well, I'm not going to play Superman in that matter. I need to back out of this. Now. I don't know what kind of contractual obligations yeah. that they yeah. have that say what he has to do or mm-hmm. what he can't get out of. But on the other hand, as an actor, a lot of times you play a villain and you say, well, I don't care. I mean, it's a payday. It's a movie. It's high profile. I'm getting paid really well. And, and I'm going to continue. And uh, so, we take these things very, very personally. And and it is, it does seem pretty clear that Henry Cavill loves the character and and wants to continue playing him and, is clearly behind him when people say who would you want to win or who do you prefer and he says well i'm superman i mean uh, i'm the superman is the guy that i'm rooting for um so he's a fan at this point i mean i don't know that he's been a fan like we have Mm -hmm. um our whole lives where it kind of runs our lives and tells us what we're doing every single minute and what our conversations are with everybody we meet and (laughs) it's no wonder that uh, people get bored of my talk pretty quickly because that's really all I talk about. So he's an actor and he's taking a job. So whatever the script is, is what it is. But I would like to see him walk out if they, if they made a mockery of Superman or if they changed them in such a way that, 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 he didn't think was befitting of the character but you know uh, people do have a legitimate gripe when they talk about dc comics and when they talk about what has happened over time with superman and what's going on with batman and how superman gets treated versus batman and now we have a batman versus superman movie which makes batman once again appear to be godlike in his ability to face off and threaten with the old bleed a a a godlike figure who took out an entire group of uh, superpowered beings and saved the earth.
0: Yeah, I mean there are a lot of concerns about that, and you know people are saying, oh, you know DC Comics just want Batman to be on top, and it's you know at the cost of Superman. Superman is still a massive character in the DC universe as far as uh, monetary uh, profits and that are concerned. He's still a big, big, big thing for DC Comics and Warner Brothers. Uh, on a merchandise basis, on a comic book basis, on a movie basis they 're not going to belittle Superman at uh, the you know at batman 's uh preference it's it's you don 't ruin one character for the sake of another because they 're too you know while Batman might be more popular, maybe batman 's sales are you know are, are definitely uh, above superman 's at the moment and have been for a while. It doesn't mean that Superman isn't up there with um, as a major money spinner for them. So they're not going to ruin the character of Superman just for Batman. It just doesn't make sense from a financial point of view to ruin their second biggest character at the moment uh, for the sake of their first biggest character.
1: Now, what's the, what's the argument of, you know, uh, my personal argument is if you... Obviously, you know, someone like Stan Lee has said, well, you know, to be smart, you can't have one character one of your characters beat another you always have to have it end in a draw mm. i don't know that i completely agree with that but on the one hand if this fight does end in a draw doesn't that be little superman anyway to the uh, promise of batman
0: yeah you're right i mean from a power <laughs> yeah, well we would think so uh, batman fans wouldn't but um Yeah, I mean, we.
1: Well, they would. They would think it belittle Superman, but they already think very little of Superman.
0: What I'm saying is, if if Superman beat Batman, they would think that would belittle Batman. so you can't win. That's why you have to come up with a draw. Which you wouldn't really, because I mean, Batman, in any way of logical thinking,
1: Batman is a human.
0: But we're not talking. We're not talking logical. We're talking Batman. Batman
1: shouldn't beat. Well, I guess. (laughs) Uh, But it does look to me. And I started to cover this a little bit in Great Scott. If you don't watch, uh, please watch, because I'd like to have three viewers (laughs) next month. Um, It seems to me that they're doing some of the things that were inspired by the Dark Knight Returns. uh, The nuclear missile that does seem to be exploding going on. It's very dark throughout the entire trailer. It's endless rain. It does seem like there might be a blotting out of the sun type of thing going on. If you're Superman, you would think you'd be able to fly to the other side of the city where it wasn't blocked out or fly up into space where it wasn't blocked out, but uh, something going on. And if, if Batman's as intelligent as he's supposed to be in the comics, he should be monitoring this. He should know that now's his time to strike. He should be able to see that Superman is weakened. And with his new suit, his powered up armor suit, if there's a depowered Superman, uh, he may then be able to be on equal ground with him, in which case a, a draw wouldn't be as hurtful to Superman or Superman fans because it's like kicking a dog when, when it's down. I mean, if you don't have your full capabilities about you, then it's not exactly a fair fight.
0: Mm. Now let's get on to the actual event that took place on the Monday at IMAX. You were uh, able to attend, uh, had uh, gotten free tickets, I think, through your brother, if I recall correctly, from your from your messages online, and uh, got to see some extra footage. A couple of seconds is all it seemed to a, uh, amount to. Uh, Zack Snyder had promised those people who. Uh, did attend the IMAX screenings. Uh, We're lucky enough to get those free tickets to attend that screening. That Not only would they get some swag, which ended up being posters, we'll talk about that as well, and some free tickets, Uh, they also got to see extra couple of seconds of footage, uh, which, again, didn't take long to leak online. I've seen some really blurry versions of that. But uh, perhaps you can talk to us about the event and uh, how you felt about what you saw.
1: Yeah, it's strange. I didn't know about this, uh, that there were free tickets or that it was going on. Or um, And my brother texted me that he got some tickets to it. And I immediately looked it up. And one of the theaters was already sold out. Mm. One, of the, one of the theaters that I might choose that was um, somewhat in the same distance. It wouldn't have taken any shorter amount of time. It took me about two hours to get there. But he had gotten them. And then he ended up not going. Some things came up. So I did go. And, uh, I had to take off work to do it. Um, I, you know, the way my work works, I, I do the bus in the morning, uh, two runs, and then I do the bus in the afternoon. So I have some time off in the middle, but if I would have waited until the evening runs were finished, I was worried that a thousand people would be waiting outside the theater and I wouldn't get in. So I would drive two and a half hours and spend all that time and all that money and, and, and not actually, uh, uh make it in anyway. So, I did leave early, and I didn't work that afternoon, so I lost money there. I lost money on the tolls and the gas to get there. But, you know, uh, as we were saying, you know, it kind of is our whole life, (laughs) which is just strange. (laughs) Um, It's a very important thing, and uh, it was nagging at me all weekend when he was saying he didn't think he should go, and I was saying, yeah, I probably shouldn't go either, Uh, and I just really wanted to, and I was what if it's really cool, and what if the swag is really great? Uh, it's something that I wanted to be a part of. So I went and when I got there, there were two people in line in front of me. So I got there super early, which turned out to be not necessary. And even when the event started at about eight or nine after seven, um, the theater wasn't full. So I could have gotten there right at seven and I would have been just fine. I was disappointed in what we were treated to, although I have been argued with on Facebook as I have often wanted to do, but with people that have said, you idiots, you don't even know what IMAX means, you know, you weren't treated to five seconds of footage, you were treated to two whole sections of the trailer that were filmed in true IMAX, don't you even know what you're talking about? And clearly, I don't. Um, I mean, I know that IMAX is impressive. I know that the screen is a lot bigger. Mostly what I notice when I watch IMAX is the sound is really, really good. So, okay, I got to see a two-minute trailer that had much, much better sound and was apparently much more resolute in image, which, to my opinion can't really be that noticeable to the human eye um it needs to be that updated in, in resolution because it needs to to fill a much larger screen so i didn't notice in watching that anything looked any better or any different than the trailer i watched on my hd television uh, but it was fun to see and the sound was great and i did really like being there in that moment but the excitement. Really, the excitement that we all had, in my opinion, did not end up living up to what we expected by the end of it. It was kind of like, oh, our shoulders are up, we're on the edge of our seat, and we saw the exact same thing we've already seen. Mm. And then he comes on the screen and says, all right, now, before you watch it again, and so you're thinking, well, they're going to show you something new. You know, we haven't seen, you know, now we're going to watch it again, but he's going to surprise us with... He had already added the five seconds extra footage. So now, but maybe we're going to see a whole scene that wasn't there before. Before you watch it again, I want you to pay attention to this scene where this happens and this scene where this happens, because those two scenes were filmed in true IMAX, and you didn't get to see that if you watched it at home. So here it is again, and we watched it again. So the event was five minutes long. Uh, many of us drove hours and hours to get there, and then hours and hours to get back home, and took off work, which no one forced us to do. Mm-hmm. But, but in the end, was a was a was a five minute event that was you know what I had read was going to be twenty minutes, and I and I and I thought okay, well for the Dark Knight they they did have these IMAX events where they showed a whole fifteen minute scene. I thought that was absurd because that's giving away a quarter of the movie for free in IMAX a year or however long it was before the movie came out. But okay, they did it with Batman. Maybe they'll do it here. And they didn't. I mean, we got, as I said, that five second shot of, what you have said is already leaked online in some spots, uh, where they kind of run at each other, as, as you might do in football practice as a nine-year-old, uh, run each other and gram each other. And just, as the, just at the point where they're about to hit each other, the screen went black again. So looking at it, you think Superman has to be de- depowered in this moment, because if not, as soon as they hit that breaking point, Batman is just a puff of dust.
0: And plus, why would he run and not fly? Right.
1: So, uh, that was, it was cool to see, but it, ultimately, I would say it wasn't worth going through a lot of extra trouble. I mean, if you live there and you're right around the corner, or if you're me and you're insane, um, you probably want to go. But, but if, but if, if you're as far away as I was, you have to take off work and all that. What turned, what it ended up being, and I think it was really disappointing, probably for them and probably for Zach and, and as, as well. I was kind of hoping he would refilm and address the fact that people, you know, idiots had leaked this thing, and, yeah. and I'm going to give you something extra, and, you know, because I'm sure, I'm certain that their entire plan was screwed by this whole sure, uh, sure. you know by this whole piracy situation. What? I mean they weren't even planning on releasing it until Monday. They had to rush it out. So now maybe the theater would have been full. Maybe there would have been a thousand people outside. Maybe it would have been a much larger event. I haven't read any of the follow-up stories on on how it went down at IMAX theaters, but no one was really there until, the, until very close to when it started. And then when it did start, most of the seats in the theater were still empty. I mean, maybe eight rows right in the center were full, which is good. You know, but the top rows, the bottom rows, the side rows, not mm. full.
0: Yeah, I definitely and think I, it I, hadn't, if it hadn't leaked online, they wouldn't have released it until after the IMAX event so that the IMAX event was something special. Um, with or without the five extra seconds or the swag. So uh, I definitely think that their, hands, their hand was forced, and I think that's unfortunate because I think the IMAX event would have been a fantastic way for people to experience it for the first time.
1: Yeah, and I, w- I think I would have been less disappointed had that been my first time. Mm-hmm. Now I could have avoided it. There were a few people in the theatre with me who said that they had not seen they they purposely did not watch because they knew they were coming to this which might have been a way to save yourself from being disappointed but i really i really felt like we would get more when Mm. we went so i didn't think that watching the two minute trailer at home was going to be spoiling myself completely i knew that they would show me the trailer but i also thought we were going to get minutes of extra footage i didn't think it would be a few seconds
0: now what about Uh, the swag that you got Well, the posters are
1: cool. We saw those uh, in advance, and there was a speculation that because of the fabric-y look that kind of is on the poster, that maybe these were pictures of T-shirts or something, Mm -hmm. and and that we would get. So I would have appreciated a T-shirt more than some posters, but we got the posters. We got one of each, the Batman, the Superman, and we got the ticket to return a week early. To premiere to the premiere which is happening i guess a week before but it has to go on at the same theater
2: so true
1: <laughs> i'll have to take another time you know off from work and drive up there and and you know so i'm gonna do it but i could we have an imax here i could go there if i wanted to watch it on imax upon release and who knows what's going to happen with the home page or if there'll be a premiere that i may happen to get invited to i mean i'd love that but uh, so i I've heard people say to other people, stop complaining. No one told you people you had to go. No one promised you anything. No one made you go. No one forced your hand. You went. Um, But it was kind of made to sound like it was going to be a bigger event than what we got. And the swag was made out to be swag. You know, I was excited. What would it be? You know, and I guess people are saying, well, you're getting a free IMAX ticket. I mean, that's 15 bucks or something uh, for free. And you got these posters. and uh, That was it. I mean. I don't know. I guess I just try to be somewhat honest when I can and I felt uh, let down a
0: bit. Yeah, Fair enough. Now uh that was everything that happened around the teaser trailer's release. Um there are there is talk that it will be uh attached to um uh screenings of The Avengers: The Age of Ultron. I uh, haven't heard anybody confirm. I know it's been out in some uh theaters. Uh, it's already it's out here in Australia already, and I believe some people have seen it in the UK. I don't know uh, as to whether or not um, the trailer, a teaser trailer, has been shown in front of that. Uh, but I guess we'll hear more as uh, the 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 release is wider for that film. But we did see from the Bleacher Report, which is an NBA, a basketball show, um, where one of the uh, LA stars uh, who was a big Batman fan uh, got to go to. The Warner Brothers Studio Tour, The they got a Batman 75th Anniversary um, exhibition on where you can have a look at stuff about, you know, looking back at Batman's history. And amongst that is the costumes for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, there's the Wonder Woman, the Superman, the new Superman and the Batman costumes on display and from that video uh, and a B-roll that was also shot and released online, we got to see a much better look and close up look. At these costumes for this film, uh, we got to see that, yes, the Wonder Woman costume does have colour. The photo that was released of um, Gal Gadot was a very washed-out um, image, as is the want of Zack Snyder and his mob to do uh, with uh, any release of uh, photos. And uh, the Superman costume looks uh, very much a, a vibrant blue, and it looked uh, fantastic. So uh, it was great to be able to see these costumes uh, in more detail. Yeah, I
1: like to the, the, see the photos. I mean, I didn't get to go on the tour, but uh, the photos are neat, they're interesting, and, and people have been kind of wanting to see more of them in a close-up situation. Now, the issue, of course, with it being very blue and very bright and looking great in color, is that no matter how that looks there, we know that not just Zack Snyder, but other filmmakers in general seem to... to darken or or, you know they do use a filter when they film it so even if it looks really great and really colourful we've seen the trailer you know the darkness of it and the fact that it's in the world that it's in and and also through the filter that they use it does lose some of that in the translation to film
0: yeah that's that's obviously an artistic choice but uh, you will be able to see the costumes yourself in person uh, when you do the Warner Brothers Studio Tour uh, if that's something that you'd like to do uh, this summer in the U.S., you will be able to uh, see those costumes up close and personal uh, for yourself. So uh, definitely something worthwhile if that uh, is uh, a trip you'd like to make. So that is everything surrounding Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. A lot happened this past month, a lot to talk to, talk about. And uh, Scotty and I will obviously continue talking about the film in our own Areas are both in the Speeding Bulletin, on Radio K, live Great Scott, all those different elements that the Superman homepage does from week to week. Uh-huh. Now, the other movie that is coming out, an animated film, a very different, very unusual, uh, it's got me scratching my head, uh, it's <laughs> called Justice League Gods and Monsters. Now, it's a Bruce Timm-produced animated movie. It will spawn off a three-part TV Animated uh, special, Uh, there'll be Justice League uh, action figures for it, but these are different versions, alternate versions, darker versions of Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, In this version, Superman is the son of Zod. Um, Batman is a very different type of character, uh, as is Wonder Woman. Um, My question, why? Why?
1: that's a good question steve um (laughs) well many fans question as to what dc is doing or what warners is deciding to do with a lot of their characters and a lot of the situations that are going on uh, crew cuts and t-shirts aside is why and uh i i mean i guess i'm agreeing with you is do we are there not any stories left that that we need to go to alternate versions already um it seems to me that there are a lot of great stories or you could write a lot of original stories surrounding the characters as they are before you need to start. Although dark and, you know, rebellious, uh, what is it? Uh, anti heroes Mm -hmm. are, you know, very popular. So I guess it won't be long before we'll see, you know, Dick Grayson brewing, heroin in his basement to, <laughs> to go around and sell to people
0: well let me read you the uh, the description for this from the press release it says witness a divergent reality where the Justice League protects the planet but answers to no one but themselves employing methods of intimidation and fear this Superman, Batman and One Woman deal brute force in the name of justice from the creative genius of executive producer Bruce Timm and co-producer Alan Burnett comes an original story where the world's greatest triumvirate ...of superheroes has distinctly different origins. Superman was not raised by the Kents in Smallville. The Cape Crusader is not Bruce Wayne. And Wonder Woman is not an Amazon warrior of Themyscira. They are as likely the world's uh, saviors as Earth despotic rulers. When a group of famed scientists experience untimely accidents... ...a government task force follows a trail of clues to the Justice League... ...but is there a more powerful player operating from the shadows... It's a high-stakes game of intrigue, mystery, and action that asks the questions, how do you serve justice to those above the law? Mm. Now, this comes out... Um, what's the dates for this? July 28th, it will be released uh, on Blu-ray, DVD, and all those other elements that you can get them in. Um, it is an original movie uh, by Bruce Timm. Um, it's a different take of an alternate universe of the Justice League and these characters that we're familiar with, but with uh, a different twist. And as I said, I'm not sure why. Uh, Bruce Timm is obviously very highly regarded. Uh, he's you know, um, always produced some great stuff, and it's great to see him back involved in the DC Universe of animated films. But I just don't understand why we have to have an alternate, darker version of these characters as the next project. I mean... It, haven't we seen dark enough versions already? Just with Justice League War and Justice League um, Throne of Atlantis, isn't that already the new Fifty Two darker versions?
1: Isn't Bruce Tim involved in all of them?
0: No, he hasn't been. Up, uh, uh, Alan Burnett has as co-producer, but Bruce Tim was not involved in uh, in any of those for a while. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, I thought I remembered him being involved in the. Uh public enemies and the uh apocalypse ones those uh, earlier ones
0: he was but since the the whole new 52 versions have started he hasn't been involved
1: well i'm thinking about this and i'm remembering the episodes of justice league unlimited where the uh uh, in the the, yeah in the darker version they were cool episodes and uh i get the impression that You know, whenever I hear these behind-the-scenes things of directors and writers and actors talking about how cool it is to kind of play against type, you know, we all know that Clark Kent on Smallville is supposed to be this good guy at heart who does good things, and even though he makes mistakes and things happen that are bad, in the end he's really trying to to do everything he can do. So those episodes where he got to be on Red Kryptonite and ride a motorcycle and Rob Banks was really cool because that was something that car Kent would ever do. I'm speaking from the point of view of the actors and the writers, not mm. necessarily for me. It was cool the first time and maybe a little less cool the second time. And then it just got to be annoying the more they did it over and over again. But maybe it's the same sort of thing here. They really, uh, there was a lot of relish on those episodes with the justice Lords. And it was really cool to see people, you know, uh, Get their due in a more dramatic kind of intense way that Superman would never normally uh, justify, but does in in those episodes. So maybe they are, you know, kind of saying, "How fun were those episodes to do? You know, where we didn't have to play by the rules of what Superman or Batman would normally do, and and we could just have them be 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 way outside what people would normally expect. So why don't we do, you know, a full film?" where we can see more of that. Plus, Injustice is very popular. Um, this whole convergence thing that's going on now, it has us seen different and alternate versions of, uh, you know, you said that Batman is not Bruce Wayne in the little synopsis there. I'm wondering if he's Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne seems to have a very large role in uh, the convergence stuff that's going on. So uh, it is popular at the moment to... See these darker versions and alternate versions of the characters, so maybe they're just playing into that.
0: Yeah, um, maybe that. Maybe that's the reasoning behind it. Um, the the uh, just looking at the descriptions from a, a previous news item we did on April seventh, it says uh, Superman appears to be the son of General Zod, and he's shown to be more violent and quick tempered. Batman is not Bruce Wayne, but Kirk Langstrom, who becomes oh. a pseudo vampire because of the Bat Venom that he used to try and cure his cancer. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and, now, there uh, is a
1: world, and we're going to see it, uh, from what I understand, in the solicits in Convergence, where Batman is a vampire. Uh, I was not aware that the vampire Batman was not Bruce Wayne, or maybe he is in comics but isn't in this story. Uh, is Kurt Langstrom a newly created person for this movie, or is he the vampire Batman from the vampire world in the comics that I guess was an Elseworlds story or whatever, that is mm. supposedly one of the other worlds that's going to be involved in Convergence.
0: Good question. Uh, maybe somebody out there who knows more about... Michael oh. Bailey would know. <laughs> yes, he would. Uh, so that is uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters uh, coming out next. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and then we can give our thoughts on it. Uh, we don't like to judge things before we actually see them, but uh, j- no. just the concept, the idea no. just seemed a bit weird. Uh, but... That is what it is. Now, the only other movie news that we have to discuss is the release of the final trailer for The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, the documentary by filmmaker John Schnepp, which delves into the story behind why the Superman film of the late 1990s, uh, which involved Tim Burton, Kevin Smith, Nicolas Cage, was never made. And the uh, film will documentary will be uh, released in a limited theatrical uh, showing on May 1st with an international release on July 9th on streaming, DVD, Blu ray, and VOD. So it's finally coming out.
1: Hey, we're finally here. I feel like I've been hearing about this for the longest time. Mm, um, a couple of years. You know, every once in a while, I, I see another release of that same photo of Nicolas Cage in that <laughs> uh, glowing suit, and, and people going, Can you imagine if this happened? Uh, isn't it old news by now? I mean, haven't we already seen that photo for two years or something? Uh, but I, what I will say that as a guy who uh, wanted to see success in acting myself, and knowing how much I am a fan of Superman, that and and how much a fan Nicholas Cage is of Superman, based on him at one at one time owning a copy of Action Comics and mm-hmm. talking about comics so much and talking about being excited about Superman and I think how he named his son. Yeah, his his, his son's name is Callow. How much it's got to be the biggest disappointment in his life that that movie never, never came to fruition. You know, I mean, he was way outside the age range probably even when it was being talked about, and 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 most people seem to think that would have been a disaster, but he must have been so excited, and and the fact that it didn't happen must be so disappointing to him. I know it would be to me uh, if I had been successful. in in being a known actor and being in movies. And and if I had heard one day that I was going to be in a Superman movie and I started working on it and there were production money going into it and there was suits and there was filming happening, it would have so annoyed me.
0: I don't know that I would have been able to get over it. (laughs) Well, I don't think he has. Uh, And uh, that is, as I said, very exciting to see that it's coming out. Uh, Really excited to see a lot of the stuff. While it would have been a very strange and bizarre Superman movie and probably not something that you or I would have liked um, <laughs> it is definitely something worth inter- you know worth looking into and seeing what they had planned the the you know maybe the bullet that we dodged um, and you know seeing all the behind the scenes details because a lot of work went into it a lot of money went into it and uh, it uh, it looked fascinating but not necessarily a top superman film I would oh, like storyboards to yeah, artwork villain artwork, concepts
1: ships and yep. I don't know. A lot of it seemed really cool, um, but you're right. A science fiction really sure movie. That, it looked fantastic. Know, <laughs> that they, well, you know, I mean, Superman's yeah. kind of a crossover. I mean It's yeah. a fantasy, but it's also, you know, Man that's of Steel was very science fiction in spots. Yeah. So uh, I don't mind that so much, but, no, yeah, there did seem odd. to be a, uh, poss- a very good possibility that that would have been a uh, strange strange misstep of the film.
0: Yeah. All right, so that's movie news. Now, at TV news, we have a little bit of Supergirl talk. Uh, what we do know is that filming has wrapped on the Supergirl TV pilot. Uh, we uh, are very excited for this to be released uh, probably around September on CBS. Um, and so that's great news that they fil- finished filming. They're scoring. The, the. I think that's happened as well. Uh, scoring of the pilot episode has also happened. And we saw a behind-the-scenes photo of Melissa Benoist as Supergirl uh, at a power plant, which uh, was very interesting because obviously there's going to be some kind of a big scene of her being you know, coming to the rescue at some kind of an electrical power plant, uh, which uh, sounds very exciting.
1: I think she looks great. You know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about how the costume's an error and it's a mistake and it looks terrible. I don't really know what other people are looking at. I feel like I'm looking at the same thing. You know, it's kind of like the Batman v Superman trailer where people said you know, Superman's clearly the villain. And maybe he will be and maybe it'll be an injustice thing and maybe they'll go the evil Superman route because we haven't seen that in live action. But but I really don't think so. But the but same thing here. I mean, when I watched that trailer, I saw him as the guy who was the hero who some people didn't like. In this case, I see her in the suit and I go, the suit looks fantastic. She looks like Supergirl. Uh, could it be a different actress? I guess. But, I mean, isn't that – I mean, that's what Supergirl looks like. So – I don't really know what the problem is, but uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm a little concerned. The shot of her in the office of the power plant was very, like, paneled walls and, like,
0: Oh, I, Very... think, I don't think that's part of the movie or part of the TV show. I think that's just the behind the scenes. She's probably gotten dressed in there as far as the costumes. Oh, okay, that's, good. You know, if, it's, <laughs> if, if it's a location shoot, then they'd be using the offices of the of the place uh, to you know for her to get dressed in and do makeup in and all that kind of stuff. And so it was probably just uh, here, quick, have a quick happy snap as you're about to walk out onto ah, the nice. you know the outside uh, where we're doing the location shoot. So. Um, and I found it interesting that the behind that there's a, a photo, you know there's the billboard not a billboard a bulletin board there of how many days without incident kind of thing that was similar that we saw in Man of Steel um, and that's probably the real life board that is used there uh, the uh, company as far as there's you know no accidents on the site uh, for their uh, employees to know that it's a safe place to visit and and work and um, she just happened to be walking past that when they snapped the photo but. I definitely don't think that's part of the actual filming of the episode itself. It's more just behind the scenes of her walking, getting out there to, before she's about to film.
1: Well, I hope you're right, because it reminded <laughs> me of the Superboy TV show. And, and I don't think anybody wants to re- be reminded of the production values of that.
0: All right. So that's uh, what's happening with Supergirl. Uh, not much happy. I mean, it's are in post-production there. And as I said, they've scored the pilot. So we wait for more details about when that will actually finally happen. The upfronts are there coming up uh, where they'll be talking about, you know, we'll get log lines and things about what the, the episode will be about and uh, more details will emerge. So uh, keep uh, keep tuned to the Superman homepage for further details about the Supergirl TV pilot uh, coming hopefully in September at on CBS. All right, let's get into our comic book talk. Now, we're not going to this month go through... Um, issue by issue, because we are in, uh, in the middle of Convergence, this two-month event whereby the regular DC Universe titles are put on hold, and we get to see this Convergence event where this character, an extension of Brainiac, who's called himself Telos, uh, is in control of the planet, where all the cities that uh, Brainiac has bottled in time and eras and all across different um, realities... Uh, they all coexist in their own domes on this planet that is overseen by Telos. He has decided that he uh, is now in control of everything and has decided to release the domes, uh, which in turn allows all the heroes who are within these domes to regain their powers. They were powerless uh, while the domes were covering their particular cities. Uh, we've got different. Superman, Supergirl, and different characters across the DC Universe you know, from different eras, different, um, p- what, what would you call them, uh, continuities, where you've got the Kingdom Come Superman, you've got the Superboy with the leather jacket from the Death of Superman era, you've got Supergirl and Superman from, you know, before Crisis on Infinite Earth, you know, the Supergirl with the headband, you've got Steel uh, and his uh, niece, and, and, you know, from that era of the. the um, Uh, post-crisis universe so you've got all these characters in their own bottled cities that are now the domes have been uh, removed from these bottled cities and they're allowed to or they're they're being told that they have to fight each other and the one city that becomes uh is the victor will be uh the the one true city and that will be the the continuity that continues forward uh what is your take on this whole premise in the first place
1: (laughs) well um it's strange you know i didn't expect them to go at it this way and i guess the indication that they're trying to get across at this moment is that at the end of all this the new 52 characters are going to be the ones that survive and All of you fans who have been crying about not seeing the underwear on Superman um, are finally going to get your comeuppance because it's going to be gone forever. Although I do think they're throwing us a curveball because in the end, I don't think they're going to allow the villain to win. I don't think all of these uh, continuities and all these universes and all these worlds are going to be wiped out completely. I think that somehow... Uh, maybe the Thomas Wayne group that that uh, is from the Flashpoint universe is going to win and somehow stop t and somehow figure out what's going on and save everyone. But we'll have to see. Now We do know that the T-shirt and jeans crew cut Superman along with the strange Batman, costumed Batman, are going to come out after Convergence. So I'm sure they're going to be related somehow but I don't know how just yet. And of course, that's not a version of the characters that we know yet. So somehow, something is going to occur that causes them to come out of Convergence looking in that manner. Uh, And after that, I still expect that there to be some resetting and changing going on. I don't think that's going to be the permanent status quo of those characters. But the stories, they were a mixed bag. I mean, we're not talking about each episode, as you say, but it seems to me, and, and, and there's been a terrible amount of time leading up to this where they could have planned and they were planning and and they had time to do it. But it seems like a lot of the artwork is really, really amateurish or rushed looking or sloppy. Or uh, I thought for a minute that, you know, three out of five books were, 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 were JRJR again. (laughs) And I was like, why does it have to be this bad? And then there's some silliness going on. And I guess that's what they're going for. You know, apparently we're going to see the rabbit world or whatever the zoo crew (laughs) uh are there people looking for that i I, I can't i I can't imagine that there would be but um i did like a lot of people were jumping up and down about the uh superman book number one convergence number one where lois is pregnant and uh they, they they you know where they first get introduced as the dome is going down and he gets his powers back and um it, it seemed lacking to me because it just seemed like we were being thrown into the middle of this guy's life and he's not our guy anymore and we were left somewhere and somehow it's been a year since they've been trapped and uh, and now he's going to fly off and try to figure out what's going on and the same kind of thing happens in almost every book we're a year into their lives, but years after where we left them. So where are we and what's happening exactly? And who is this Lex Luthor that's with the Matrix Supergirl? Because it's not the guy who was with her before, who kinda loved her. He's a guy who completely disrespects her and talks down to her the entire time. And they say to us that it's not the Lex Luthor who saved her or oh, yeah. made her or whatever. So I I'm a little confused as to who we're looking at and the art in that book was Really, not great, um but I think they were just having fun with it, and it really wasn't meant to be taken seriously. but then I go, well, what's the point of convergence if these books aren't to be taken seriously and then we got the Legion book, which was cool to see Clark involved with the Legion again, but I've never really liked that a lot of people do because then that means that he becomes Superman because. He was taught how to be Superman by the Legion when he was Superboy, and he was only Superboy because the Legion taught him to be Superboy. I don't know. Um, But uh, the stories, I mean, it's interesting to see what's going on, and I want to see how it ends um, and it was much more interesting, which is unfortunate to say, than the normal monthly books that we get regularly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, also re- uh, just finished reading the Adventures of Superman Convergence book with uh, Supergirl, the headband Supergirl and hmm. and Superman. And uh, uh, that was a very interesting book. And uh, uh, James Lance, who reviewed that, gave that a five out of five in all aspects and an artwork in that was very good. He says it reminded him of Kurt Swan, which is always a great thing. Uh, so yeah, they have been a mixed bag, and it is interesting. Some of them are a bit confusing because, as you say, they're a year down the track, and it's pretty hard to understand where they are or how they came to that point, or you know how they're just moving along a year under a dome. You think there would be a bit more of chaos even a year later that people still just wouldn't be going on with their normal lives, having baby showers in the uh, in one book um, with the uh, the female superheroes. Um, you know that one. I, I think it was a Justice League book, uh, Convergence Justice League, or I might be mixing it up with something else. But uh, I just yeah, some of them you just think, oh, really, you'd be already yeah, Justice League number one, uh, Convergence. Uh, I just looking at them and thinking. Okay, it seems a bit odd being thrown in a year later, how they are at this point in their lives and just happy-go-lucky without their powers. And (laughs) while some of them, like in The Adventures of Superman 1, they've been trying very hard for a year. Superman and Supergirl have been working uh, with, uh, what's his name, from the Batman universe, who's um, uh, Batman's go-to guy, tech guy, um, who was... Oh, let me have a look. Lucius Fox. Lu- yes, it, yeah, Lucius Fox. Um, you know, they've been working on tech to try to f- open up the Phantom Zone to f- as that as a way to e- escape uh, the dome. And, and this is all before uh, Telos comes in with his big speech about the dome's dropping. So Supergirl and Superman are in the Phantom Zone when that happens and aren't available to that world as heroes. Uh, for that fight. So that's a very interesting concept of them suddenly not being there and being in the Phantom Zone instead. So uh, all the different books have their merits. Some of them are better than others. And the artwork is better in, in some than others. But um, they've all got to wrap up in one in the second issue because there are only two-issue runs. And I think that's probably why some of them seemed rushed as far as story is concerned, as far as where they place us at the beginning of these stories, because they can't do a big... Introduction. They've got to go on to step two, and they, which is the conclusion straight away.
1: Yeah, it does seem it's strange that they've been kind of marketing this big event for such a long time, and and that it's you know these books are only going to get a two part run mm. um, to see uh, how it starts and how it ends in, in a very very quick shot. But mm, yep. I guess that's what they wanted to do. <laughs> so
0: uh, keep an eye on the Superman homepage for all the reviews on the convergence of uh, books. Uh, we are only halfway through the first uh or th- halfway through convergence with the first month concluding uh, at the end of april uh and then may will be the second issues of all the different convergence titles. There are some of the delayed books that were supposed to come out before convergence uh Superman number forty comes out april twenty ninth Justice League number forty also comes out april twenty ninth uh so some of those books uh which were delayed. Uh, will um, be uh, coming out midway through Convergence, even though they took place before Convergence or were supposed to come out before Convergence. I don't know, with Superman number 40, I think that's the John Romita Jr. written and drawn uh, issue. And um, we're going to now talk about what happens post-Convergence because we've seen some previews from the Divergence book. Now, Divergence is the Comic Book Day offering, The free comic book day offering that will show um, some sneak peek pages of the books that will come out after Convergence. And there's been a bit of backlash as to what's happening with the Superman books. Um, I'm not sure if it happens in Superman number 40 or if it's Superman number 41, which is the first issue by Gene Luen Yang, the new writer coming on board the Superman title. But it appears and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler to you, but it's already out there and it's already being discussed, but it appears that Lois is going to out Superman as being Clark Kent.
1: No oh boy. People are up in arms about this. Uh, I've seen many different reactions and all of them negative. Um, and maybe that's, I don't know, maybe the, the drama surrounding it, maybe the, uh, the bad press is, you know, no, no, no press is bad press kind of thing is going for this i don't know but uh nobody seems to like the idea that lois is sort of selling out to get the big scoop on who superman really is um it does seem odd i mean it seems not just out of character but more that Lois just hasn't really had any vital uh, importance in the new 52. She's been around here and there, but because they don't have a personal involvement and because for the most part, he hasn't worked at the daily planet, they haven't even really been together uh, very much. You know, there was that storyline where she was involved with Brainiac and he had taken her over and she had learned all that stuff. And, um, you know, we were, we were down on the whole uh, risking her life to stop, Uh, parasite when superman did it but knowing the story then she she kept it to herself and then i guess forgot about it or whatever and and and, and now she's going to reveal it somehow and it does seem like it's kind of out of place
0: yeah it's um look i'm not sure post-convergence whether this world with Superman of the Buzz Cart and the T-shirt and riding a motorbike of all things is the new status quo, as you were mentioning earlier in the episode, we're not sure. It, 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 I'm surely it can't be. Surely this is something that happens. Even the Batman and a Wonder Woman, all, all that stuff that's happening post-convergence, it it's different. It's weird. It's whatever it is. It doesn't seem. Surely, it can't be the new status quo. I don't know how long it will go for. Maybe it will go for a year. Maybe it will go for a month. Maybe it will go for a couple of months. This truth arc that happens post convergence is obviously something big that's happening. Something that Gene Luen Yang has got on, you know, in his head to write, and DC Comics are on board with it, and it's all happening across the the DC universe. Well, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, as far as I know, anyway. But there can't. You cannot move forward with Superman being outed as Clark Kent as the new status quo for the foreseeable future as in that's the new way things are going Clark Kent cannot exist without you know being outed as Superman it just doesn't work he cannot be a reporter at the Daily Planet he, he it it just it doesn't I mean, yes, it's a, it looks like an interesting story to explore, you know, what happens when Clark Kent is outed as being the secret identity of Superman. It's an interesting story to explore. And, you know, in some other version it may have been told, some other e- era it may have been told as a um, what-if story, as a, what do they used to call them? Um, Elseworld. Elseworld story. Sure, explore that idea, but it cannot be the way it's going to now be forever. No, I mean and forever is a long term. It is not a very uh, term they use in comic books, but I I think people should really relax a little bit. See where this goes. I don't think this is going to be the new normal as far as the future of DC comics is concerned. I just it can't work.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think so either, but the the, the problem with many fans is just taking the red trunks away is enough to, to have them say uh, this isn't my superman and i'm not going to read it and i'm not picking up the books and so many people i still read nowadays that talk about the crew saying i stopped reading when they removed the truck they don't say it that way but the impression i get is that none of them have really read none of them really have a a take on who superman is in the new 52 but he's clearly not their superman he's clearly not the superman they want to read mainly it seems like because the outfit changed they don't want to read it anymore and and uh you know yeah he's not with lois and they're not married and uh, and it was reset and but, uh, but i've said from the beginning he still kind of is superman at his core he still has the same morality he still has the same feelings which i would imagine will still be the case when he's riding a motorcycle and having a crew cut it looks stupid but uh, he's going through something whatever it was just like when he became electric superman and a lot of people rioted uh, for me, it was a part of the adventure. It was a part of the continuing story. It was another chapter in his life that we got to read. Uh, and this is similar to right now the the death of, of Clark Kent arc that I loved oh, I know, when that went on. Yep. You know, uh, Clark Kent had to go away at that time too, and it was temporary. And and when the villain was defeated or when the story was finished, uh, Clark Kent was resurrected and everything was fine. Which is normally what happens things change for a while and then things go back and then there's a drama that happens that makes things different again and then things get back to normal Uh, when you're doing an adventure series or an action series or nothing really remains status quo for very long
0: exactly so let's just wait and see I mean it is weird it is uh, not necessarily what you want to see but um, let's see let's just wait uh, uh, play it out see what happens and uh, move on from there but uh, we will keep an eye on The post-conversions comic books, and uh, you know, there are just a lot of people who are upset about the way Lois is treated, and that would Lois do this? But um, again, it's we don't know how Lois is portrayed in this post-conversions era, because obviously Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman are different. So why not Lois Lane? We, you know, let's just wait and see um, before we start, you know, uh, sending death letters. All right. No wait and sees. There's death letters all there's, the time. that's the Well right. who am I kidding? But uh as far as uh more negativity is concerned and uh I um posted this reluctantly on the Superman homepage. Uh this press release came out that guess what? Frank Miller is coming back to comic book writing with the to conclude the epic Dark Knight Returns a trilogy with the final instalment titled the Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. Now, normally this would just go by my email inbox, and I'd go, yep, delete, it's about Batman. Nothing, uh, nothing to do with us. But there is obviously a bleeding Superman red logo on the cover artwork that is uh, attributed to this upcoming third instalment. And the title, The Master Race, uh, makes you cringe because you wonder whether or not this is intended as another Batman up against... Kryptonians thing.
1: Yay! Frank Miller's gonna write more Superman stuff. I'm thrilled. Um, You know, I don't know. Dripping
0: with excitement.
1: As as I said before, it's probably unfair of me to uh, continue to talk about it as I never have read this story. I'm not a Batman fan. I don't dislike some stories with Batman in them. Uh, I watched the. Uh, Batman movies. I wasn't a fan of the Nolan films. I I like the Batman Tim Burton film. I I love the '60s series for the fun that it is. Batman: Brave and the Bold is fun. Uh, the animated series looks really great. I never really watched it, but I'm not. A, you know, if I were a Batman fan, I probably would have seen all these things and I'd be up on all this stuff. Um, one of my reasons for avoiding the Dark Knight Return story is because of how. Superman is treated in. It. I mean, I've read all the synopsises. I kind of know what happens in it. I know what the setup is, and I know that it's mainly a political statement about an American government that Frank Miller didn't like at the time. And what it seems like to me is, you know, that celebrity writer thing that comic book companies like to get and that sells books so you bring frank miller back he hasn't been around in a while you have him write another one of these books that was massive and that really changed batman for the better i would say for you know making him cool again and dark again and serious again and 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 really gained a lot of fans with it so there's no reason why dc wouldn't want to do it uh, you know i'm sure it's going to be good for comics and good for the sales of that book For me, uh, who knows?
0: (laughs) Pass. Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, we'll have a look at it, I'm sure, just to see how Superman is treated in that and whether or not it's a story that, you know, uh, we need as Superman fans to arc up about, but um, we'll wait and see. Uh, It's, you know, the bleeding S on the cover doesn't bode well for Superman or uh, the character, but, and and look, you know, there's no um, two ways about it. You know, Frank Miller wrote Superman in a particular way for the Dark Knight um, graphic novel that was not glowing towards Superman, and we haven't been fans of that um, because of the way Superman's oh. treated. So uh, we'll we'll wait with some trepidation to see how this one turns out. It is the third one, uh, The Dark Knight Strikes Again, was a 2001-2002 follow-up series, and here we are in 2015... Uh, going to be seeing the Dark Knight 3 The Master Race, and uh, we'll just keep an eye on that. And uh, you may want to pick it up or not, we'll let leave that up to you. All right, mm. let's uh, just a couple other things before we move into the big question segment of our show. Uh, the special guests, or some three special guests, were announced for the upcoming Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, we've got Katie Lotz. Uh, who plays uh, Sarah Lance, a.k.a. the Canary from the Arrow TV series, Uh, Stacey Hyduck, who played Lana Lang in the nineteen eighty Superboy TV series, and Diane Sherry Case, who appeared as Lana Lang in Superman the movie. So uh, three female celebrities appearing at the Superman celebration for 2015. Uh, They will be appearing on, well, the Superman celebration takes place from Friday, uh, sorry, Thursday, June the 11th and goes through to Sunday, June 14th. But uh, these ladies will be appearing on, uh, well, Stacy and Sherry will be appearing on uh, June 12th and June 13th, where Katie will be only appearing on June 13th. And uh, you can get all the details at the announcement date April 24th on the Superman homepage. But uh, three exciting guests appearing this year.
1: What I find interesting, and, and I guess, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't logged who all of the guests have been over the years, but I find it interesting that Katie Lotz is not really related to Superman in any way. And, and, uh, you know, I would think that the guest list at the Superman celebration should be a, should have some sort of a Superman tie in. But I, I, you know, even though I can't mention it offhand, I do remember that, uh, the, if not every year, almost every year, they have somebody who's not. Yeah, they do. So that's not, I guess, that strange, although I did think it was odd when I saw her. Um, The other thing that strikes me about this is we all love Annette O'Toole, and we loved her in Superman 3, and she was very charming and very cute and very attractive, and Uh, played a great Lana Lang, and and then of course she returned in Smallville and and she got to play Martha Kent, which is a very different version of Martha Kent than most people are used to, a much younger uh, Martha Kent. But when I see this announcement that that the girl who played Lana in the, the Superman movie in high school, it makes me, you know, I don't know if she left acting or not, I didn't look this up, but why would they not have... Uh, even thought and maybe they did about casting her as the grown up lana because the time would have been right by then
0: uh good question I have no idea um that she may not have been available she may have as like you say uh not uh decided to continue or pursue acting maybe she 's you know totally out of the out of the industry and so uh that 's a a very good question but uh maybe that 's something that they can uh ask her but um yeah, I I have no answer. Hmm. I
1: always turn to you, and you've let me
0: down. <laughs> Sorry, Scotty, I'm not the. Uh, I don't have all the answers all the time. Hmm. But yeah, they have had actor uh, have had celebrities there in past years who are not always Superman related. I remember the actress who played Catwoman in the Batman series. Uh, her name escapes me from the 1960s Batman series. Uh, one of the 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 uh, ladies who played Catwoman. Cowboy. Um, was a special guest there one of the years that I was in attendance. And uh, they've had other actors um, who have appeared in you know super, uh, superhero TV shows of one kind or another who aren't always Superman-related appear. You can't always get your wish list as far as the people you would like to attend uh, as a celebrity at these events. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to... To uh, get some of these uh, big Listen, actors.
1: I want Ben Affleck, Tom Henry, uh, Henry, Cavill, and and Jesse Eisenberg, or nothing.
0: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so anyway, that's the Superman celebration this year. Uh, there may be more announcements as to uh, a bigger uh, celebrity. It says three of the, some of the guests, so there may be others. We know that there are comic book artists and writers attending for the Artist Sally and Writers Way, as there always are. Uh, so uh, keep an eye on supermancelebration.net. Um, also, uh, for you know, as of the Superman homepage, for details on the Superman celebration. Now, uh, DC Comics also held this past month a big uh, worldwide uh, world record attempt for the most fans gathered together wearing DC Comics superhero costumes. Uh, it started in Queensland here in Australia at Movie World theme park and then went around the globe. To various countries, and then ended up uh, completing with a, uh, a ceremony in LA, where uh, it wrapped up for this uh, event. Uh, it happened on April 18th. They went, uh, f- you know, around uh, the Ma- Manila, Philippines, um, in Taiwan, uh, Spain, Italy, uh, different places in the UK, uh, Brazil, France, and also Plano, Illinois, which stood in as Smallville in Man of Steel, Uh, Mexico, and then as I said, finished up in LA. We don't have the details as to the official count for the Guinness World Record attempt, but I imagine that it would be pretty difficult uh, uh, to to top this because as I said, it was a world event, a global event on April 18th uh, for DC Comics superhero World Record attempt.
1: Well, you know, don't quote me on this, but uh, if it ends up being correct, a Great Scott exclusive, I'm uh, told that there were 379 million people who participated, and 378 million of them were dressed as Batman.
0: <laughs> Very good. You heard it here first, folks. Scotty has the scoop on the exact number. But that's right. uh, looking at some of the photos, there were a lot of Supergirl and Superman costumes in the crowd. Um, so that's uh, always great to see. Uh, Superman is still. A favourite amongst uh, people dressing up. Now, lastly, before we move into, as I said, the big question segment, uh, DC Comics and Mattel are launching a DC Superhero Girls uh, initiative, and this is going to be uh, a, a initiative that'll include digital content, TV specials, made-for-videos, um, publishing, toys, apparel, and other products. Uh, it is designed and developed for girls aged 6 to 12 and centres on the female superheroes and supervillains of the DC Comics universe during their formative years prior to discovering their full superpower potential and featuring completely new artistic style and aesthetics. DC Comics icons such as Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batgirl, Harley Quinn, Bumblebee, Poison Ivy, Katana, and many more uh, will be included in this. And uh, I think it's a great initiative um, and it's you know it says uh it's aimed for for young girls and i think that's probably an age group that we don't target uh, enough as far as superheroes are concerned
1: no we don't and it is a good idea because um obviously what companies need is is money <laughs> they need people to <laughs> buy things from them and if they can get another demographic that they don't have right now and it can be done in such a way that makes uh, little girls excited. Uh, what, what better than to get your, you know, get Supergirl more popular? And and uh, you know, as they then grow up into teens and then into adults, then they're buying uh, the Supergirl logo stuff, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Yeah. So, and and hopefully the stories are good and that kind of thing. So, uh, it's exciting.
0: Yeah. Now this happens about this time next year. It says beginning in spring 2016 which I think you're in spring now in 2015. Uh, That's what they tell me. I don't believe it. (laughs) You're not looking outside. It doesn't look like (laughs) it. Yeah. uh, Yeah, so this happens beginning next year. Uh, The initial launch will be in the fall of this year. Uh, It will include an immersive digital experience, original digital content, and digital publishing. Uh, So it's uh, probably about six months away. It will kick off, and then you'll be able to move forward. Moving forward from that, the other Uh, content, TV, and otherwise. Uh, So it's very exciting. The DC Comics and Mattel launch of DC Superhero Girls. All right, let's move into the big question segment of the month.
2: Let's start with the big question.
1: Last month's big question was, are you a fan of the New 52 era of comic books? Why or why not? And Donovan Hunter replied not a big fan of what they'd done to the superman family but i'm sure that this was just another era for comic books i'm sure the next era will be different the new 52 did what it had to and introduced new readers it even got me back into the books everything goes in phases nothing is forever keep up the great work steve and scotty
0: thank you donovan uh thank you for your reply there uh, Roy L wrote in, and he says, "I read comics until right befo- I read comics right until before the new 52. I had to stop buying comics because it no longer fit into my budget. I followed comics through websites such as the Superman homepage, and was not happy with what I found. Once comics was able to fit back into my budget, I turned to libraries to read through all the trades. I was very disappointed what happened to Big Blue, the Boy Scout, until Pack came along. I just started buying issues again, thanks to Greg Pack. He gets who Superman is. I have to agree, I like Greg Pak's writing of Superman.
1: I do as well. Bob Moorhead wrote, No! (laughs) The revisions were too big a departure. Superman came across as a jerk, and his relationship with Lois, a woman literally created for him, was non-existent. And maybe clothes don't make the man, but I just can't stop hating the costume. Good riddance to the spew, 52.
0: (laughs) Wow. Uh, don't hold back there, Bob, uh, but thank you for your response.
1: I wonder how he feels about the new 52.
0: And I wish people would be
1: more succinct with their answers.
0: (laughs) Billy Hogan writes in and he says, I only read Superman, Action Comics, and The Legion of Superheroes because of my limited comic book budget. I hated how the Legion series ended, and I'm disappointed that there isn't a Legion title post-convergence. Superman and Action Comics were okay, but only Okay. Superman in action began really well, and Superman number 1 was the first Superman issue I wanted to reread immediately in a long time. Grant Morrison's run on action was fun, even with his mind-bending plot twists. Since then, DC hasn't seemed to have a clear editorial direction for The Man of Steel. post conversions it looks like DC will continue trying to publish a grim and gritty Man of Steel, but I'll give it a chance. But the more I follow the Superman titles, the harder it is to enjoy each issue. Yeah, I have to agree with Billy to a certain extent. Yeah,
1: I mean... I don't really think it's because of the costume change no, or not the because costume. they tried to make him grittier. I just think it's the story. writing is just not that good. It's yeah. not particularly compelling and the stories aren't really great. I think it's, as I said earlier, I think he's still Superman. I think his ideals still stand. I just don't think uh, people who are writing him get what they're supposed to be doing and, 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 and the plot lines they've come up with just haven't really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Robbie wrote, I love the New 52. I returned to comics because of that. In fact, when reading the Conversion Superman book, I felt like it wasn't my Superman. It felt like my father's Superman. I like the entire line for the most part. The only thing I'd change is to have Clark's parents alive and have Dick Grayson be Nightwing again.
0: Thank you, Robbie. He's uh, one person there who's uh, all for the New 52. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that goes to show that there are new readers who came on because of... Um, The New 52 starting up It gave them an opportunity to dive into comic books Maybe for the first time And therefore stuff that's uh, post uh, Flashpoint, or sorry, pre-Flashpoint Doesn't feel like Superman to them Because they never read that version of Superman So thank you Robbie for your input Uh, I guess that's Time for our new big question, Scotty What is this month's question?
1: The new big question this month is What did you think of the Batman v Superman Teaser trailer?
0: Yes, now you've all got to watch it and seen it in all its glory. Let us know what you think of the teaser trailer for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice by getting involved in this big question. You can send in your answer using the big question feedback form found at the Superman homepage, or if you'd like, we haven't had one in a while, you can record your response as an audio file and send that to us, and we'll play that here and read out all the responses in next month's Radio KL podcast Big Question segment.
2: I'm laughing at you, you hear?
1: Laughing! And now it's time for the comedy sketch. What do you have for us this month, Steve?
0: Well, we have a very short comedy sketch this month. It's from the Canadian series titled You Can't Do That on Television, and it sees Superboy having a conversation with Martha Kent. Come on.
2: Hello dear. Sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Guess what I did after school? What did you do after school? I saved the world. <laughs> Picked up a giant meteor, threw it right into space. Just <laughs> oh my my my! No. You saved the world by picking up a giant meteor, yeah. <laughs> and you can't pick up your room. Oh. Well,
0: great. Right. Well, there you have it. As I said, very short. Um, and it's we are scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as comedy sketches are concerned. Uh, if you have one that you know of that we haven't played here on the podcast, please feel free to email us or send us in a, a, a KAL feedback form response with a link. Uh, it can be a YouTube clip, it can be whatever. We can grab the audio from those to play here on our podcast. <laughs> And now
1: it's time for the super secret soundbite. Last month's sound came from the original American Express commercial with Superman and Jerry Seinfeld. Let's hear it again, Steve. I can't carry money in this. I'm powerless.
2: I'm not.
0: So there it was. That was the sound from last month's podcast. I
2: love
1: those commercials. They were so fun.
0: And uh, we had four people guess where it came from. And they were David Huang, Donovan Hunter, Christopher Miron, and Patrick O'Neill. So, congratulations to those four guys from guessing hey. where it was, uh, where it was from. So, uh, that's uh, let's hear. Well, let's see if these four people and more, because that's not a lot of people. But let's see if uh, more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new super secret soundbite comes from. We got called out to fix the puddles. We'll be done before lunch. Right after lunch. Well, there it was. If you think you know where in the world the Superman that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage to send your answer in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here in our next podcast. And now it's
1: time for the Superman song, and we have an interesting one this month. It's a song in Chinese. Mm -hmm. The song is titled, and this is a title we haven't heard very often. Superman by Andy Lau from his 2007 album titled Miracle World. You can check out his official website at Andy Lau, that's Andy, L-A-U dot
0: Yeah, and uh, it is mostly in Chinese, but the parts about Superman are in English. So uh, here it is. It's, uh, as I said, an interesting or as Scotty said, an interesting one. It's not one we've uh, played before. We've never played a, a Chinese Superman song before. So here is Andy Lau's Superman.
2: 一切下笔 the <laughs>
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, Could you translate that for us, Scotty?
1: Um, Look uh, up in the sky, I think, (laughs) is what he was saying there.
0: Definitely. uh, Something along those lines. So there you have it. That was our song, and that is our show for another month. Now, remember, if there is a topic you'd like us to discuss, if there is a big question you'd like us to put to the fans, maybe there is a song that you would like to request, or please, if there's a comedy sketch that you have, All those ideas can be sent to us here at the Superman homepage. You can send in uh, your suggestions using the KAL feedback form, or you can send us an email. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com, or you can email Scotty. His email address is scotty at supermanhomepage.com, and we will try to use your suggestions in a future show. But for now, that is it. Thank you, Scotty.
1: Thank you, Steve. And always remember, even if you have to take a night off of work and drive two hours to get five seconds of extra footage and you know you're going to have people yelling at you because you're ungrateful, always look up in the sky.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill.